up with this list. Some of the whatever face podcast. Oh, but you at least got to get the name right. Is that not it? Whatever face is it? Is it that what it's called? No, that's what they said it was okay, called. Okay, whatever okay. face podcast. I thought you were just oh. missing it. I'm like. Mike McCarthy face, what's going on? Uh, welcome back. Uh, you have been up here quite a few times. Um, but my guy, Big Papa Bully Rye, is back with us today. We're doing a simulcast with uh, tap outs and touchdowns. And I thought you'd be the perfect person to have this conversation with. My man, what's happening? How you doing? Oh, you know, just uh, ready to talk some football, man. How you doing, man? Good to see you. Good to see your face, man. Really is. You know what? Yes, it is. I should probably do these video casts more often. Um, being that I've been on your show, you've been on my show, I don't care how this thing goes down. If you want to take the lead and rerun the conversation, uh, I'm completely fine with that. Mikasa Sukasa. So however you want to get this done, I I'm just appreciative of the collaboration. I'm appreciative with, of the collaboration with you as well. I think, uh, I think the best way to do it is just kind of recap the divisional round in the NFL playoffs. And uh, you know, let's just go ahead and get right into it. We had two games on Saturday uh, this past week, starting off the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you know, first of all, before we get in the conversation, how'd you feel about this game? Was it, was it entertaining for you to watch or was it something that you just kind of, like, okay, it's another football game. Where, where's where's the fireworks coming? Like, how did you feel about this Bengals and Titans game? Okay. So, in order for me to talk about how I feel, I got to Tarantino this and tell you where my gut was right before this game. So, after um, – we before we got to these divisional games, I called the the games for the weekend, and I had – Bengals, Packers, Chiefs, Rams. That's what I. That's what I call. It's pretty close. I, I, it's heartbreaking, but I'll talk about that. That one of those picks in a minute. But this Bengals game, when I thought, when I said Bengals, um, I don't trust Ryan Tannenhill for nothing. Uh, Derrick Henry was coming back, and everybody knows who Derrick Henry is. But Joe Beasy, man, Joe Burrow has made me a believer. Um, I watched the game uh, LSU versus Clemson for the national championship. And the only time we've heard Trevor Lawrence's name since that game is, oh, and another Jaguars lost by Trevor Lawrence. So I was on the Joe Burrow train. Um, and my disbelief in Tannehill is kind of what led me to, oh, no. Bengals, uh, in terms of the game itself, it was slightly underwhelming because I was expecting Joe Burrow from all season, you know, three, four touchdowns, 350 yards, uh, you know, Joe Mixon, probably 50, 70 yards and a touchdown. And that's not what we got. We got a good defensive matchup where it was basically a trade off of field goals and 
terrible play by Ryan Tannehill, but great defense from the Titans on Joe Burrow. So it was one of those games where um, I was happy at the exciting finish, but for the game itself, I was just like, all right, what else we got? Yeah, so, you know, watching this game, the Bengals seemed to have it until there was a sort of momentum shift in the third quarter. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's, I wrote some notes down for this game. Uh, for starters, the Bengals gave up nine sacks. The only mm-hmm. other time that a, a team gave up more than, nine, more than eight sacks in a game and the quarterback that took the sacks one was Donovan McNabb and the Philadelphia Eagles. They mentioned that a few times on the broadcast. Um, but they almost squandered this game away. They controlled most of this game despite some of the stats that I'm going to read out. Uh, you mentioned Joe Burrow not having, you know, 350 and four touchdowns. He did finish the game. 348 yards. He did not have a touchdown. He did throw an interception. Uh, the Bengals mm-hmm. on offense only had 65 rushing yards. Uh, but you talk about Joe Burrow making you a believer. Jamar Chase has made me a believer. Five receptions, 109 yards in this game. T. Higgins uh, was second on the team in receptions, seven receptions, 96 yards. And you talked about a defensive matchup. The Cincinnati Bengals defense allowed 220 passing yards. Uh, but you mentioned Taney Hill had a bad game, three interceptions in this game. They did, however, give up 140 rushing yards. Derrick Henry in his first game back since his injury early in the season, 20 carries for 62 yards. He did find the end zone. The offensive, uh, you know, the offense to speak about uh, from the Titans came from A.J. Brown, uh, somewhat of a career day, five receptions, 142 yards with a touchdown. Julio Jones uh, followed up six receptions, 62 yards. Tennessee has a knack. For winning games they they shouldn't win and losing games they shouldn't lose. Uh, speaking of which, I believe they lost to the Jets earlier in the regular season coming into this game as the one seed. I think um, the one seed probably belonged to either Buffalo or Kansas City. We'll get to that here in a minute. Um, but, you know, I, I'm right there with you. I thought the Bengals had a chance to pick them off, and they did. Three times they knocked off the Titans uh, to advance to their first AFC championship game in quite some time, uh, you know, again, uh, not a whole lot of flash on offense, but this game was, was entertaining to watch because Tennessee made it a game in the second half before uh, the Bengals would, would, you know, would get their win. Um, next up on the Saturday slate, we had the same. Oh, wait, 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 right, right quick. Go ahead. You said Jamar Chase made you a believer and I'm in a gazillion fantasy leagues and that's not a made up number. That's, an actual gazillion is that when you look up my Yahoo and ESPN, it says a gazillion. Yeah, um, <laughs> I believe you. I listen, I believe you, man. I'm in there. <laughs> One of my leagues um, is in person. We did a live draft and I was picking my team. I picked Jamar Chase high. I picked Kyle Pitts high and I picked, um, who's the rookie running back in Denver that was split in time with Gordon? Oh, Javante Williams. Javante Williams. I picked three, I picked those three guys. And I said to the, the commissioner of that league after the draft, I said, either I'm going to look like a genius or this is going to make me regret all of these picks. Cal Pitts, eh. Williams, eh. But Chase? Chase is here to stay, dude. Chase is, Chase is a rising star. Um, we'll get to the game when we preview the AFC championship. 
Uh, but there's a surprising stat line that may surprise you regarding Jamar Chase uh, this season uh, when it comes to receiving stats. Yeah, Jamar Chase is a rising star in the NFL, and we saw him come to life in the Bengals' first opportunity at an AFC championship game appearance. Uh, man, uh, he's so good. We talk about talented receivers. This next game had a couple of them. The San Francisco 49ers taking on the Green Bay Packers. We saw the one seed in the AFC go down. Would we see the number one seed in the NFC go down? I'll start us off and kind of run through my stats here. Uh, spoiler alert, the 49ers would knock off the Packers here in Green Bay. Uh, <laughs> I say that to say that the 49ers had zero offensive touchdowns. They trailed seven to three in the fourth quarter and gets yep. a win with a field goal as time expires in the snow. Uh, I mentioned no offensive touchdowns. The offense for San Francisco, 131 passing yards, 106 rushing yards. They allowed four sacks. Jimmy Garoppolo threw an interception in this game. We talk about talented wide receivers. Debo Samuel, 13 touches between running and receiving, 83 total yards. And the defense for San Francisco held Aaron Rodgers to 225 passing yards with no touchdowns. They also accumulated five sacks on the future Hall of Famer with 67 rushing yards given up um, to the Packers. Uh, the 49ers' only touchdown was a block punt in the fourth quarter return for a touchdown. Uh, again, we talk about offensive playmakers. Aaron Jones led the Packers with 170 total yards. Devontae Adams, nine receptions, 90 yards. So we had some talent. Debo Samuel, 83 total yards. Devontae Adams, nine, 90 total yards or, or 90 receiving yards. Um you know, there was a lot to be said earlier in the season that Aaron Rodgers wanted out of Green Bay. Devontae mm -hmm. Adams doesn't want to be in Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. Um, we, we saw the whole fiasco with Aaron Rodgers not getting vaccinated um, and then missing time. Uh, we saw what happened when he missed most of training camp and put up a goose egg in week one against the Saints. Uh, Hollywood, how did you feel about this game? And what do you find the future for Aaron Rodgers? So before these games, I don't know why I feel like it's story time. Um, <laughs> but before these games, um, them introducing FanDuel has been a gift and a curse for you to have access to online betting at your fingertips. Um, I, part of my parlay and parlay for those of you who aren't familiar with the term is when you basically say multiple things are going to happen or might happen for a decent payout and my parlay or my list of things that might happen like I mentioned earlier was a Bengals win a Packers win but also a Debo Samuel touchdown. That hurts my heart. Yeah, so you can see where this is going. <laughs> you can see where this game is going for me. So um, I didn't get a Debo touchdown, and I didn't get a Packers win. And this – I watched this game uh, with the volume down because I was actually out. I watched this game with the volume down – and I sat in disbelief at the block punt for the touchdown and then the game-winning field goal for the touchdown because I'm just like, I would have never in a million years. I, I even trash-talked in my group messages, my group texts and said, 
San Fran better have the Long Johns packed. They better have the hand warmers because they're going up to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers is going to send them back on a bus. I didn't know he was sending them to L.A. at the time, but I, I thought he was sending them home. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a hard game to watch. Um, I heard Stephen A. Smith say this morning, the bad man is gone. The bad man is gone. And it's not, um, he uh, referenced Aaron Rodgers saying to the Bears, I own you. I still own you. But forgetting that he's 0-4 against the Niners and postseason play. You know, and it's funny because preseason, everybody talked to, uh, to the point of maybe Aaron Rodgers going to San Francisco. And uh, I heard on, on, there was a show on ESPN, uh, KJ and uh, M, KJM, or, you know, it was the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Kellerman show. Um, you know, as much as I don't like to agree with Keyshawn Johnson, he made a point. Why would San Francisco go out and trade for the quarterback who can't beat them? You know, so. Mm-hmm. I, That's a good point. I'm, I'm really curious to know where, where Aaron Rodgers winds up. I mean, at this point, obviously, I just mentioned it doesn't make sense for San Francisco to go out and get him. Where do you where do you see as a potential landing spot for Aaron Rodgers uh, coming next was, season? With you know, with I was going to ask you, what do you think about New York? I hear a lot of things about him coming to New York. I hear things about possibly Denver. Yeah. Um, I I don't know which one I kind of will risk my money on FanDuel reference. Hey, this podcast, Tap Outs and Touchdowns and Weatherface, needs to be sponsored by FanDuel, DraftKings, Caesars, whatever the sports betting booking is, because that's going to be a, a portion of the conversation. Um, but no, if I feel like Denver, but I don't want to 100% that, but I just feel like between New York and Denver, <sighs> I don't. I don't see unless Green Bay. Green Bay's front office does something to convince him to stay because he started out not necessarily wanting to be there. Yeah, of course. So unless unless they do something that can convince him, I don't want to say drastic measures, but you got to kind of look at it as love isn't ready. No, 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 no. He's definitely love not ready. ready. He showed that this year. So, and 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 when when Aaron Rodgers missed time. Jordan Love showed that he's not ready to take over that team. So it's like, do we do whatever to make the QB happy? But also, he hasn't really won a big game for us in 11 years. Do we, like, risk any more time with this guy as opposed to developing? It's a sticky situation for the front office because Aaron Rodgers is going to be fine wherever he lands. Like, he still showed throughout the year that he's an MVP talent. It's just of course. he may not be able to get over the hump of um, the 49ers. And if I can, for a second, make a reference to basketball, think about the 90s and how many uh, Hall of Fame players don't have rings because they couldn't get over the hump. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Yep. Patrick Ewing, Muggsy Bogues, uh, Carl Malone. Carl I mean, Malone. The, 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 list the list goes is, on. Yeah, of course. Charles Barkley, like it's it's crazy. Yeah, but 
until the Packers can get over that hump of beating the 49ers when it matters. Um, yeah, I think Aaron's going to sit at home over the summer and kind of decide what's best for his future. Because, you know, you mentioned it, Devontae doesn't necessarily want to play without him. So yeah. is he leaving and uh, kind of fishing for Devontae to come wherever he goes? Our team's going to be okay with those contracts? Or, like, there's, there's a lot of questions about what happens next in, in regards to uh, this specific game and what the future looks like going forward. So a couple things. One, Green Bay's not going to get over the San Francisco hump with Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers will not be back in Green Bay next year. Uh, Devontae Adams is an upcoming free agent. Uh, Green Bay can tag him, but we saw what happened to people who get tagged that don't want to play for their teams. They can just not yeah. show up, not sign the tender. Mm -hmm. uh, so eventually, ad I, having said that, Devontae Adams does not end up in Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. Um, you asked uh, what I felt about Aaron Rodgers in, in New York. Uh, there are, it all depends on who they hire as the head coach, right? So mm -hmm. there, were, there were rumors at one point that Brian Flores was being rumored as a potential candidate for the New York Giants. Uh, and then having said that, there was also rumors that if that were to be the case, then uh, Houston or Deshaun Watson would make a play to get Houston to trade him to the Giants. So that would rule out the New York Giants for Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. um, having said that, uh, you know, I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to go to Houston, but without Deshaun Watson, I don't think Tyrod Taylor is the long-term answer, not because he's mm -hmm. not a good quarterback. I love Tyrod Taylor, but uh, it's shown over the years that he can't, he, he can't stay healthy. Last year was tragic. I say last year being 2020 was tragic that he had a punctured lung uh, when they tried to, to give him a cortisone shot and Justin Herbert's legend was born. Uh, so uh, having said that, I don't see Aaron Rodgers going to the Houston Texans. Uh, you mentioned the Denver Broncos. John Elway, to save his life, cannot draft a quarterback. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he tried Brock Osweiler. That didn't pan out. He went and signed – he went and drafted Drew Locke. Drew Locke didn't work out. Teddy Bridgewater was very serviceable in Denver this year when he was on the field. Uh, but for whatever reason, John Elway – is only, his only opportunity to, to get a quarterback is to sign one. So granted, uh, you know, the rumors originally was that, that Aaron Rodgers would wind up back in, in San Francisco, back in Northern California. I don't see that happening, whether uh, San Francisco sticks with, with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and, and continues to develop Trey Lance to take that, that situation over. Um, I think the best opportunity for Aaron Rodgers is going to be uh, in Denver, I mean, they have some solid wide receivers between uh, not, I was going to say Henry Ruggs, the guy from, from Vegas, who was just uh, excommunicated. On, I know. Um, you got Jerry Judy, you got Tim Patrick, yeah. uh, you, you know, you've got, you've got Noah pieces, Fant. Noah Fant, you've got tight ends on that team. So as far as an offensive standpoint, and you got a couple of serviceable running backs in Javante Williams and Melvin uh, Gordon. So I think that would probably be the best landing spot for him. Don't rule out. Miami. And I say that because, you know, all this year, uh, it sounded like Brian Flores was sort of trying to sabotage Tua Tagovailoa in order to trade for Deshaun Watson. So we don't know what toll that took on Tua. Trying to say that five times fast. Uh, so <laughs> does Tua not want out in Miami 
And if, you know, granted Green Bay has a rookie, or I say a rookie uh, quarterback, a young quarterback that's already sitting waiting in the wings, do they want to between Tua and, uh, and, and Jordan Love? I, I don't know. Uh, but I digress. Um, the, the bottom line is that even, you know, even late in the season on Pat McAfee's podcast, Aaron Rodgers uh, was asked if he was happy to be a Packer. And, um, and I think he, he basically alluded to something like, I'm happy with my teammates, I'm happy with my fans. Uh, but he has made it very clear he does not want to return in Green Bay. We, we, we're going to do a seamless transition here. We talk about people returning. Do we know if Tom Brady or Rob Gronkowski are return to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after their game against the L.A. Rams this past Sunday in the divisional round? Uh, <laughs> Hollywood. I see the face you're making. I've got some stats, but I kind of want to hear your perspective. Um, the Rams led 20 to three at halftime. At one point, this game was a 27 to three lead. Tom Brady tried to do his best Tom Brady impression before Matt Stafford very quietly played Mr. Clutch down the stretch to, uh, to get uh, the Rams in, in the field goal range to win that game to advance to the NFC Championship. And they will host now that San Francisco has knocked off the number one seed. Hollywood, tell me how you felt about this game between the Rams and Bucks, and what do you see the perspective, uh, perspective future, I should say, is uh, for uh, possibly the, the greatest quarterback of all time and one of the greatest tight ends of all time in Gronk? All right. A lot of things here. And I will say when I chose the Rams as my pick, for this game, it was because they were there were reports that Fournette wasn't really gonna play as much because he was nursing an injury. So I immediately said, if Tom does not have a running game, he is screwed. I can agree with that. Um, and then the second part of that for me was Tom Brady in his career has never had to run away from an Aaron Donald on one side of the field and then turn around and try to run away from Von Miller on the other side of the field. So, Oh, while staring down Jalen Ramsey guarding Mike Evans. Let's no, no. That. And that's the, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. The, that's the second layer to this is, okay, Brady's not a, a scramble quarterback but he's got to run or basically stand 10 toes down in the pocket and then throw to Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. That's a tall task for any quarterback. Um, so when I chose the Rams, it was in that vein, that thought process of thinking, well, if he has no run game and he basically is going to be Peyton Manning, a uh, 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 pocket passer or a Tom Brady, don't let me disrespect Tom because he's been able to stand in the pocket his whole career and just fire the ball. But he hasn't had to have pressure. Basically, the corners collapsing against him and him stepping up into the pocket and throwing to an elite defender like Jalen Ramsey. So that's what my thing was. Mm -hmm. When the game started, I said, you probably shouldn't have bet against Tom because it's Tom. But 27 to three going into the fourth quarter, I watched the game. Um, 
In fairness, that score was very close to the Falcons game that the Patriots would come back and win to. <laughs> Just to throw that out kept, there. They kept saying that. And I said in my group chat, um, I told you guys about the defense because Tom was getting banged up that game. Mm-hmm. They were coming after him. My, uh, my good friend, one of my best friends on this planet, said in that group chat at 3.30, he said, that's more than enough time for Brady to be Brady. He said this with three minutes and 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, and then when Tom, when Tom started to do Tom, I was looking at the game like, and here, here it goes again. Again, sponsorship, FanDuel, Sportsbook, DraftKings, whoever wants to take this, there was a bet that you could place at halftime that had a 7,500% chance of winning, and that was if Brady led a comeback. Mm. Mm. So imagine the anxiety of the people who made that bet and were watching three minutes and 30 seconds of Tom Brady prove why he's Tom Brady. Yep. Yeah. And to nearly almost win that game with three minutes and 30 seconds left, it's going to be a reoccurring theme here where it's, oh, you gave him too much time. That seems like a whole quarter of football for Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady is is the GOAT for a reason, right? Uh, so when you have him in that game, uh, you never can really count him out. I, You mentioned he had the Rams winning. I told – I was telling people the Rams won't lose this game by – or the Rams won't win this game by less than 10. Uh, they obviously made it, made it um, challenging. They made it interesting. Um, you know, a couple of stats from this game – the Rams passed for 366 yards, two passing mm-hmm. touchdowns from Matt Stafford. They only allowed two sacks, and that's a vaunted front end uh, on that on that Tampa Bay defensive line, including Matt Stafford's former teammate and Indomitian and Sue on that defensive line. Uh, but the Rams had 73 rushing yards. I think uh, there's two things. One, you mentioned that that Tom Brady was under pressure the whole game. Going into this game, there were rumors that that well, not just rumors. There was news breaking that this offensive line was banged up. And you knew, mm-hmm. and you've already mentioned the talent on that defensive line for the Rams. Uh, so you're you're when you look at both defensive fronts, they're they're really good to look at. Uh, one of the stories uh, that came out of this game, I, I to me, that came out of this off this, this postseason for the Rams, is the story of Cam Akers, the running back mm-hmm. who tore his Achilles in the beginning of training camp, has returned and played two postseason games in this game. He had 27 touches for 68 total yards. Uh, Cooper Cup, uh, I mean, a stud. He had a costly touchdown, a fumble, though. He had a yeah. costly fumble. Yeah, he did have a costly uh, – yeah, oh, yeah, that he did. Uh, but when you, when you go into the rest of this offense again, um, Sam, I was going to call him Sam Bradford. Matt, <laughs> Matt Stafford is quietly one of the most clutch quarterbacks in NFL history. I want to say, and I, I wish I had the right stat in front of me. I want to say he leads quarterbacks all time in fourth quarter, either comeback drives or fourth quarter game tying drives. Um, and Cooper Cup had a big catch down the stretch. Uh, they also said it on that KJM um, 
that it's one of those throws that you only throw once a year and Cooper cup hit a big catch to set up the, the Rams for their game winning field goal. Can Just, I give you a pop quiz? Pop sure. Quiz. I mentioned my fantasy team earlier. Who do you think my other receiver was on that team? Um, aside from Jamar chase. Did you win your league? Because if so, I would have said Cooper cup. I did win my league and it was Cooper. It was cup. Cooper cup. Of course. Yeah. Uh, nine receptions, 183 yards with a touchdown. Uh, in this game, I mentioned he set up the game-winning field goal. Uh, Robert Woods was lost the week that Odell Beckham Jr. signed uh, with mm-hmm. with the Rams. Uh, but Odell Beckham Jr. had a had a pretty uh, you know successful game. Six receptions, sixty nine yards. Uh, a big game for Odell Beckham, wanting to show people that well that <laughs> nobody can find him in Cleveland, <laughs> but Matt Stafford can find him in L.A. Um, you look at the defense. We mentioned, uh, you know, they, they had Brady under pressure the whole game. Wound up with three sacks, picked Brady off. They did give up 329 passing yards, held Tampa Bay to 51 rushing yards. You, you mentioned uh, Fournette's banged up. Ronald Jones didn't play in this game. Uh, the Rams, again, they, they were walking, running away with this game, not even walking away with this game. Tom Brady did Tom Brady things, and they almost came back to win. Uh, but they come up a little bit short, and the Rams are headed to back to L.A., for the NFC Championship. The last game on Divisional Weekend was the Buffalo man, Bills man, man, man. at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, this game might go down as one of the greatest games in NFL history. history. Uh, there were three no big changes in the final two minutes of this game. Uh, the Chiefs would get the win in overtime. But, I mean, there were some, there were some just kind of breathtaking stats from this game because – Again, this wasn't. This is a lot of high-scoring game than, than, it, than it than it should have been, considering the lead changes late. Uh, Hold Patrick, on, before you get into your stats, before sure. you get into your stats, and this is a perfect tie-in to the other half of the title of your pod. Tap out the tap out spark. This is a, per, and I'm going to use this analogy because it came to me crystal clear when I was driving home. If this were a wrestling match, Arrowhead Stadium would have been chanting, play forever. Absolutely right. That's a great analogy to think about it, too. Five stars. Oh, yeah. If this was a match, this was five stars. This was Shingo Takagi and, uh, oh, my God, and and Kazuchika Okada in, uh, in the Tokyo Dome. This was... Uh, I mean, you name it. This is this is the ultimate. If you, there was a game, if you didn't watch football the entire season, and you turned on to this game, this major season, this was just an incredible, an incredible I'm gonna, game I'm, to watch. I'm going to steer you away for two seconds just to come back to where we are right now. Of course. But if you had to give me your three takeover matches, if somebody who never watched wrestling a day in their life said, hey, Ooh, I want to get into it. Me. I'm doing it to you right now. Three takeover matches, because I have mine, because I'm sorry, because I thought about this, but I have mine, so maybe I'll go first. My, if I had to give someone three matches, if they never watched wrestling a day in their life, and I said they wanted to know about the – okay, they haven't watched wrestling since The Rock retired. And they said, give me three matches of the new people that I can be like, okay, well, I can get back into it. My three matches, Sasha Banks, Brooklyn. Yep. 
Philly, um, Andrade Gargano, Philly. Ooh, ooh, that's good. Cole Gargano, Brooklyn. Cole Gargano was great. I couldn't tell you where they took place, but um, I'd be willing to. I'd be willing to argue that. Let's call it NXT 1.0. That <laughs> any of their tag teams that started off a takeover would be phenomenal to watch. Great tag team wrestling, be it um, the revival against American mm-hmm. Alpha, uh, be it um, when they were the War Raiders. Uh, give it the War Raiders um, against uh, against FTR or or you know, I don't know. I tell you, I tell you what match I wouldn't give them. I wouldn't give him the main event in Takeover Orlando with uh, <laughs> with Robert Roode and Shinsuke Nakamura. And Shinsuke. <laughs> um, God, there's 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 really too many to count, but I think you gave him a good list as far as takeovers go. Um, but yeah, I'm only talking about takeover because what in my mind the only reason why I related this to takeover is because. After the game, when I sat in all, well, get, let's get back to your stats. We'll, we'll, I'll, let's let's get back to the stats you were given first, and I'll go into like my whole take of this game. But I just wanted to throw that out there in terms of just overall watching this game. I was like, this might be the greatest football game I've seen in a long time. Oh, and yeah. I saw Longhorns versus USC for the um, national championship. That was such a fun game to watch, man. That was so good. Yeah, that probably would be the college equivalent to, to this game for me. Uh, this game, I mentioned three lead changes in the final two minutes. 378 passing yards for Patrick Mahomes with three passing touchdowns, only allowed two sacks, did the Chiefs. They also racked up 182 rushing yards. Uh, there's, some, there's, some actually, there's actually a really crazy stat here. Uh, Mahomes led the team, led the Chiefs in rushing with 69 rushing yards. Um, a couple of, of receiving notes, Tyreek Hill, 11 catches, 150 yards with a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, eight catches, 96 yards in the touchdown, including the game winner in overtime. Uh, Kansas City a few years ago uh, when they lost uh, to the Patriots in the playoffs, uh, you know, kind of vied for an opportunity for the other team to have a chance to score. Uh, they took the ball first in overtime and they did not cede that opportunity. Uh, the Kansas City defense allowed 329 passing yards to Josh Allen, also allowed 109 rushing yards, uh, and uh, got two sacks on Josh Allen. I mentioned a second ago, Patrick Mahomes led his team in rushing with 69 yards. Josh Allen also led the Buffalo Bills in rushing with 68 rushing yards. Uh, I, I want to mention the stat, the last stat for the Buffalo here. Gabriel Davis, not Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, eight receptions, 201 yards, and four touchdowns four. for the Bills. All four, four touchdowns thrown by Josh Allen went to Gabriel Davis. I thought it was an interesting stat that both Mahomes and Josh Allen led their teams in rushing yards with 69 and 68, respectively. Uh, you know, again, this game, um, both teams had, had two sacks. Uh, both teams, you know, they, they went back and forth there at the end of the game. Um, 13 seconds left. Uh, Patrick Mahomes needed to, to get down the field in field goal range. 
did just that. They got the field goal. Harrison Butker go to overtime, win the coin toss, and he hits he hits Kelsey uh, for a. It looked like a juggling catch at first, but he reeled it in. Uh, the Chiefs get their win and will host uh, and and play for the AFC Championship for the fourth straight year. Uh, Hollywood, I'm not sure what more I can add to this game other than like <laughs> if there's if there's a replay. If you have NFL Network. Or if they replay this game somehow, ESPN gets the rights to replay this game. If you can find it on YouTube or uh, wherever you can find this game. If you did not watch this game, you missed out. Don't worry about the spoilers. Don't worry about the fact that Kansas City won. Yeah, you got. You have to see it. Because when you're you in the fourth quarter and the Bills all but have this game won, I mean, there's a shot of, of Josh Allen on the sidelines where his face fired up. Just, are you kidding? He was fired up. Are we well not just fired up, but then when they give up the field goal opportunity to tie the game to go to overtime, the look on his face is, are we really going to overtime? Like what that what just happened? Like I've I've did I've done everything that I could in this game. I don't know, you know. We mentioned this is the greatest game that, that we that we it's definitely the greatest game this year. Uh, let's talk winners and losers and, and what's next. Obviously, Kansas City's got a game this weekend. But Buffalo did everything they could, and they could not put away Kansas City. What do you think that the Bills have to do to take that next step? I mean, right now it feels like Peyton Manning with the Colts, and he can't get past Tom Brady and the Patriots. What does Josh Josh Allen and the Bills have to do to get past Kansas City in the playoffs, Hollywood? Um, I'm I'm sorry. I I, I use my – wrestling analogy and now I'm just in this space so I'm here I'm resting here if and you mentioned the two teams that I was thinking about if you think Wrestlemania Iron Man match HBK versus Shawn Michaels that's behavior is Bret Hart that that yes I'm sorry no you're right that's Peyton and Tom that's what that was. Yep. We watched that series, and you, if you were in the AFC, you hated Tom Brady, especially if you were a Colts fan. You hated Tom Brady because it was the same old story. Most we'd definitely. get to the AFC game, we'd win 12, 13 games a season, we'd get to the AFC game, and lose to Tom Brady. Yep. And this reenact, reenaction of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning uh, put the AFC on notice that you're going to have to deal with those two quarterbacks for a very long time. And what the Bills have to, like, <laughs> even today, I'm baffled that the Chiefs won that game. I was Absolutely. rooting for the Chiefs. I had the Chiefs, I had the Chiefs winning. Um I was uncomfortable with the score the first half, 14-14. I knew I didn't sign up for a defensive game because I'm like, that's what this game is turning into, another defensive masterpiece. Fast forward to the fourth quarter, and it's like the fireworks took off. Yep. It's How like many they figured out. did you say? It was three lead changes in the final two minutes of the game. It was like the defense has all of a sudden figured it out in the fourth quarter, and no, they couldn't stop where the – the offense has figured out the defenses and there was no stopping anybody. It was, you know, it was an 80 yard touchdown pass. It was a 60 yard touchdown pass. 
it was a it was a 40 yard you know uh, uh you know throw down the field to set up the field goal like it was just all of a sudden this game that seemed out of reach at one point that seemed okay can i, I tell guess. you when i watched it i was watching the game and can i tell you my immediate reaction 13 seconds left with the bills up i put on my coat and i said well guess i'll go home with 13 seconds left because i looked at the clock and said there's no way in the world. That's Patrick Mahomes. I understand who he is. Oh, and yeah. I had them winning. I have them winning. I looked at the clock and said, 13 seconds left. Butker already missed the field goal. He already missed it. He missed the extra point. point. Yep. He missed the extra point. So, I, I was not in any belief that not my belief wasn't in Mahomes. It was okay, if we get within range. We still got to trust this guy to kick it in to take it to overtime. Mm -hmm. So So, to see Mahomes and Andy Reid's statement to Mahomes, it's going to haunt me and people for years to come. A reporter asked him, what did you say to Mahomes uh, during that that, that final stretch? And he said it looked kind of grim. Andy Reid said to Patrick Mahomes, when it looks grim, become the Grim Reaper. Ooh, what a line! That's that's a promo. That's a that's a shoot right there. Woo! Um, got you know you mentioned how you what you felt when when you saw thirteen seconds on the clock. You know my thought. Pro- this is my thoughts. You know you talked about your thoughts going through your head. My first thought was, you mean to tell me there's about to be an AFC champ? There's there's about to be championship weekend with Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Stafford. Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. You mean to tell me we're about to get a championship weekend without Aaron Rodgers, without Tom Brady, without Patrick Mahomes? And Patrick Mahomes told me to, um, uh, to as the wrestling kids would say, to suck it. And <laughs> uh, and and Patrick Mahomes, man, he he put him on his shoulders, and Travis Kelsey. Uh, Travis Kelsey caught him and, and caught the touchdown. Man, what a what a game! Uh, there's not really much more we can say about it. Uh, just what an incredible game, and that sets up a really fun championship Sunday. And so, real quick, we are going to preview the NFC and AFC championships games. Um, I'm going to run through. We'll go to the AFC game first, since that's the first game that plays. I'm going to run through some uh, some some pregame stats here. Seems like a matchup. Bengals finished the season ten and seven. The Chiefs finished the season 12 and 5. We already mentioned how they got here. Uh, the Bengals are averaging 27.1 points per game uh, throughout the regular season. The Chiefs 28.2. The Bengals are allowing 367 yards a game. The Chiefs 381. The Bengals allowing 22, one point, uh, 22.1 points per game. The Chiefs allowing 21.4. Not much of a separation there. The last time these two met, uh, met the Bengals beat the Chiefs back on January 2nd of this year, 34 to 31. Some quarterback matchups, Burrow on the season, 4,600 yards with 34 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Patrick Mahomes, 4,800 yards, 37 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. If you look at their top receivers, remember earlier in the show when I mentioned there might be a stat that surprised you. Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. on the season, 111 receptions. 1,239 receiving yards with nine touchdowns. Get this, Jamar Chase, the number one receiver 
on the Cincinnati Bengals, 81 receptions. So 30 less than Tyreek Hill, 1,455 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Uh, outgained Tyreek Hill with 30 fewer receptions by 200 yards and four scores. Uh, Hollywood, uh, give me your prediction. Who wins the AFC Championship between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs? I just like to point out in the simulcast that these are the most facts I've ever had on my podcast, and I appreciate you. Not a problem at all, man. Listen, you got to come prepared, brother. You know, you, you... we used to have an ongoing joke on whatever face that we don't fact check. And now I might have to refer to you every single time that I uh, am fact checked on a whatever face podcast because you have brought the thunder with these stats today, my friend. So kudos to you. Bully Rye, the um, fact checker. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to get off the train. I haven't been off the train in four years. Um, for whatever reason, I equate the Kansas City Chiefs to the Golden State Warriors. And I like uh, I like what they're doing in Kansas City. I'm not going to get off the train. Um, fourth straight year, in my eyes, I have the Chiefs staying at home looking at that game that they lost against the Bengals at the end of the season and saying, did you not watch what we just did to Josh Allen last week? And I think the the light's going to be too bright for Joe Burrow and Arrowhead. Um, I like the Bengals. I really do. But, um, yeah, it's, it's almost like you're standing on a, the tracks and the train's coming through because – after losing to Tom Brady last year, I think Mahomes every day since the Super Bowl has been dreaming about getting back and making it right. And <laughs> Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes in the season did not look very Patrick Mahomes-esque. And these last two playoff games, which is really scary, it's, I told my group chat again, it's almost like a light switch went off at halftime during the Pittsburgh game. And Patrick Mahomes said, oh, I do remember how to do this. Yep. And he's been <laughs> lights out since then. So here's here's my here's my thought process. You you I I'm really glad that you uh that you took a wrestling analogy here. The Cincinnati Bengals to me are the Daniel Bryan, the year of the yes movement. The Cincinnati okay. Bengals are Daniel Bryan. The Chiefs are evolution. Daniel Bryan had to mm. go through evolution to win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship at Yeslemania. Okay. This, this is what happens if Vince McMahon did not want to give the fans what they want. This is the uh, the this is the moment that the fans would not have gotten because <laughs> the Chiefs are going to avenge their loss. Uh, they like you said, Mahomes did look, not look like Patrick Mahomes in the regular season. He looks better than Patrick Mahomes in this postseason. Uh, we are not going to get the the feel good moment here for Joe Burrow. Uh, I think we're going to see we're going to see a high another high high scoring matchup again. Their their previous game. Uh, 65 points scored. Uh, we're going to see probably another game similar to that, maybe a 31 to 28, uh, uh, maybe a, even a, 
a 38 to 31 score. Uh, mm-hmm. But you're you're gonna get you're gonna get a Chiefs win. The Chiefs are gonna go back to the Super Bowl preseason uh, in season three and tap outs and touchdowns. I predicted the Chiefs to go on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm gonna stick with that prediction, and I've got Kansas City winning the AFC Championship uh, this Sunday. Uh, we're gonna run through here. The NFC Championship closes off Championship Weekend. The San Francisco 49ers finish the season 10 and seven against the LA Rams in Los Angeles. Finish the season 12 and five. It's funny. First of all, no number one seeds in both matchups feature 10 and seven teams against 12 and five teams in the NFC championship. Uh, the Rams seem to hold an edge on offense, uh, but their defensive numbers are not as, as, as outstanding as you might think. The 49ers mm-hmm. are averaging 25 uh, points per game. The Rams 27. Uh, the 49ers are allowing 331 yards per game. The Rams are allowing 366 and a half yards a game. You look at points, the 49ers are allowing 21 and a half points per game. The Rams allowing 21.9, so only separated by less than half of a point. Uh, the, the Rams, if you can believe it, were swept on the season by the 49ers. The last game came on January 9th. They lost 27 to 24. November 15th, the Rams were beaten by the 49ers 31 to 10. Uh, if you look at stats by individual players, Matt Stafford has outthrown Garoppolo by over a thousand yards. Cooper Cup has twice the number of receptions as Debo Samuel, 500 more yards than Debo Samuel. Uh, you gave your prediction on the AFC Championship. I mean, I'll give mine. Uh, you know, yes, the Rams lost to the 49ers twice. It is hard for Lightning to strike twice, it's even harder for Lightning to strike three times. Uh, the 49ers are banged up. Uh, you know, they've, they've gone through sort of a, a carousel on running backs this season. Uh, that's why Debo Samuel has had to get involved in the run game so much. I love Debo. As a former Gamecock, uh, I've been very adamant that I'm always going to be a homer when it comes to me. I uh, would love to see Chiefs and 49ers. Uh, that's who I'm rooting for because the, the Chiefs have uh, Melvin Ingram on that team, a former Gamecock. The Niners have a former Gamecock in Debo Samuel, but the 49ers are just – they're too banged up, and the Rams have hit their stride. I know they let Tom Brady come back, but who doesn't? Uh, Matt Stafford will still be able to be the clutch Matt Stafford that I know. The Rams take this win against the 49ers is my prediction. Hollywood, how do you feel about the NFC Championship game this coming weekend? Um, I would just like to say for the rest of the nation who does not live in South Carolina, you, my friend, have to pause every single time you say Gamecock as a team name. That's just a pausable statement in New York and everywhere else, not South Carolina. Um, Jimmy G wasn't the star of the show in either game. It was the defense. Yep. And for that very reason, I have – the Rams playing at home for the chance to play at home in the Super Bowl. I have the same thing I predicted for Tom, and it it was Tom that I made this prediction for. We're talking about Jimmy G. I don't have San Fran um, outside of defense. I don't have San Fran in this game. And Debo looked like he was hobbling off the field at the end of the last game. He has a problem so, with lower with, with leg injuries too. So we'll we'll throw that if, out there as well. If if he's not ready to go at at least 80% on Sunday, 
it's going to be a Rams Chiefs Super Bowl in LA. And I, as much as I'm bigging up the Rams defense, uh, McVay versus Reed, I think there's just a little bit more razzle dazzle to confuse uh, the defense. And one of the things that we like to say is, you know, if you have the personnel and you're the better team, just play football. You don't need the tricks. You don't need the OBJ reverse to this person. Just play football because your personnel will show I'm better than you. And with that being said, um, I got Chiefs winning it all, but I have Chiefs Rams Super Bowl. Looks like we got the same teams, man. So it'll be a hopefully just as, as an exciting of a weekend as the division round was. Hollywood. This was really fun. I hope I, I hope your listeners. I can't let you close out right quick. I got to ask you a question because you've been dancing this fine line between wrestling and football the entire show. Sure. I have to ask you because it happens on a Saturday, which is still tripping me out. But Royal Rumble, who's your men's pick? Who are your women's pick? Oh, I was on I was on uh, Desmond uh, Desmond Johnson's show uh, last weekend, and I got sort of asked the same thing. Um, I'll tell you right off the bat, regardless of whether she wins, we're getting Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Regardless of whether mm-hmm. Bianca wins the Royal Rumble or not, um, I like some dark horses in the Women's Royal Rumble. I like the idea of Lita to get the win to feed her to Charlotte Flair. Uh, Charlotte's already Charlotte's already knocked off uh, Trisha Trish Stratus. She can then get the chance to knock off Lita, similarly to the way that The Rock knocked off Hogan. The -hmm. Rock knocked off Stone Cold Steve Austin. He knocked off John Cena. So, um, so I like that idea. Uh, But realistically, I think Bianca Belair gets a second win Um, in the Men's Royal Rumble. Johnny Knoxville, kidding, (laughs) not Johnny Knoxville. You know, it's really hard, that's what she said, to figure out who's going to (laughs) win the Men's Royal Rumble because we haven't seen all the competitors. Um, If I – twisting my arm, uh, you know, right now, I'd have to say AJ Styles. Uh, They broke him up with Omos to – because they had big plans for both of them. Uh, We don't know what we're going to get this weekend regarding – Brock Lesnar, uh, what, is he going to drop the title back to Bobby Lashley so that we get Lesnar and Reigns at WrestleMania? Uh, does Lesnar win, go into the Royal Rumble, uh, and say, you know what, let's title for title at WrestleMania, Universal WWE Championship, uh, Reigns, um, Lesnar at WrestleMania. So, um, you know, again, arm twisted. I'm going to go AJ Styles just because it seems like the logical choice there's a lot of guys on the roster banged up. Uh, they're going to be pulling guys from, from NXT. They're going to be pulling guys from both rosters. Uh, I don't think we're going to get a surprise like a like a happy Corbin or a Kevin Owens. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe Seth Rollins loses to Roman Reigns and he wins the Royal Rumble. Maybe Roman Reigns uh, loses to Seth Rollins and he goes and wins the Royal Rumble. But uh, Bianca Belair, AJ Styles are my picks. What about you? What about you, Hollywood? Who you got? I am going. I'll get my dark horse first. I got Bailey as a surprise entrant and winning. I like that. Only 
only because we haven't seen her in a while. They basically left her high and dry last year for Mania. She was uh, relegated to a show host, but longest reigning SmackDown Women's Champion, I give her my dark horse um, nod, but they haven't done a women's uh, back-to-back winner. And I think regardless of the outcome, Bianca Belair is going to be at Mania anyway. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, but yeah, Bianca is going to be my first ever women's back-to-back pick, but the dark horse is going to be Bailey. Um, the she would also be the point. only ever women's two-time winner, not just back-to-back, but two-time winner. So two time winner. Yeah. Yes. Both, both in both situations. Yeah. Um, the men's is a little bit more difficult. I feel like if they let Lesnar drop to Lashley, Lesnar wins and he goes against Reigns at Mania. If Lesnar beats Lashley, then I'm completely screwed at who the winner of the Rumble is because story wise, they haven't really built up much outside of that triangle reigns Lesnar Lashley um they keep saying Owens is in for a big push um Seth is always going to be around the title picture um man um yeah it's not so easy you put me in the spot it's not so easy is it Hollywood (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, I think I, I'll go. Um, All right, I'm going to say my pick, but I'm going to ask the question. Seth is my choice. I don't know how I feel about that, but has he ever run a, uh, won a Rumble? I don't believe so. I had a list of winners. Uh, I, I minimized the window. I don't have it in front of me anymore. I don't believe he's won. Uh, he's obviously okay. been money in the bank, but I don't believe he's won a, a rumble. Then yeah, that's if 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 Brock doesn't lose to Lashley, then Seth is my winner. Quick, quick, because we're running short on time. If there's one surprise entry from AEW, who is it? Mr. Yeslemania himself. There's one because he's the only one I feel like that left really on good terms with the door open to come back if he needed to. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it Jericho. I think Jericho, he's already been back on WWE TV since he's been under contract. Yeah, 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 I'll take I'll take yeah. Jericho. Hollywood, this has been so much fun. I hope your audience it will enjoyed it as much as uh as I hope mine will, and I hope everybody enjoys it as much as I enjoyed it. Hollywood. Uh, Hold on, th- before you go, last thing, and I promise you it's the last thing. This is how I close out every episode, and you know this because you've been up, but I need a show or movie suggestion from you, and then we can get out of here. Ozark, season four, just premiered God last week. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I started Boba Fett. I need to get back to that. Um, I mean, I'm always going to tell you to watch The Office. Uh, God, movie, I don't know. I mean – it's a free plug. Johnny Knoxville is going to be in the Rumble. You got about a week and a half before it premieres. I can't wait for Jackass to premiere. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. All right. Uh, uh, Ozark was the show that I was going to choose, but I'll let you keep that 
and I will go a different route and I'll go old school. Um, no, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go old school HBO and say, because uh, I've gotten back on this kick, we started rewatching Sopranos. Yeah, I need to, slight confession, I've never seen the Sopranos front to back, never done it. I know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a failure at life. Hollywood, I'm gonna start the Sopranos. I'll let you know. Maybe, maybe we'll do a show on how good the Sopranos were. Uh, for Hollywood and whatever face, it's your guy, Bully Rye, for tap outs and touchdowns. I'll be around. All oh, the guys. <laughs>